Well, good morning, church, and welcome to Sunday morning service. And uh, so much enjoyed worship this morning, kind of a different setting uh, with our team. So thankful to them uh, for doing living room worship this morning. And so thank you for worshiping with us. A uh, few announcements real quick I want to give you before we get into the word today. I want to remind you, parents, that... Lakes Kids Children's Church is available. And so if you want to take your kid, get a tablet or a phone or another computer right now, jump on either YouTube or Right Now Media and uh, and turn on Children's Church. They can be watching Children's Church while uh, the teaching is going on here. So do that now. Uh, tonight, Youth Thrive is at 6.30. If you missed it last week, uh, Miss Eden did a Zoom scavenger hunt that was absolute blast. We had a blast on Zoom. So jump on tonight at 6.30 and join us at Youth Group. And then also I want to remind you of a couple of things. If you're on our platform, then there's a couple of things right up over here. There's a thing that says connect with us, which is a digital connection card that you can actually give us some information and let us know. But let me give you a new option today. If it's your first time with us here at Church of the Lakes, or if you've only been a few times and, and we don't know you, we really would like to get to know who you are. So let me ask you to do this. If you'll just take your cell phone and text the word hello to 352-329-7474. I'll put it on the screen there for you, but just text the word hello. Then that'll be a way of connecting us. We're going to send back uh, a little form for you to fill out to give us your name and your email and some simple information so we know who you are. So please do that today. Of course, sermon notes are up here. And then, uh, of course, live prayers at the bottom if you need to pray with somebody today. So let's jump in. We have been in our series um, studying the book of Ephesians. And so the book of Ephesians, a little bit of history and reminder. Um, it was written around 60 A.D. Uh, so this has been a while since this was written. Kind of crazy. It was written, believe it or not, by Paul while he was in prison. So keep that in the back of your mind and picture what it must have been like to sit in a dungeon or a prison uh, to actually write the words that he's writing. Because this, this book is all about thriving in terrible situations. And so uh, that reality is, is is pretty amazing when you think about it. It was it was a it was a, a book written to the church in Ephesus to kind of equip and and mature them. And um, and so I want to repeat just a little bit. And glad to have the worship team with me this morning. Uh, it's been weeks since I've actually had somebody to uh, preach to. Uh, so it's phenomenal to actually have human beings um, in the room, which is fantastic. So thank you guys for being here. Um, but uh, I want to uh, review. Real quick, chapter one, if you remember, if you studied with us, uh, kind of the big idea we pulled out of that was that we, he chose us, right? He adopted us and he redeemed us. He chose us, he adopted us and redeemed us. And that was uh, Paul talking to the collective group, right? He was, he was talking to, to all of us and given this big idea of the cross and salvation and redemption and who you are in Christ. And then last week, if you remember, he kind of shifts gears and it gets real personal, right? Like he, he starts talking about you and, and it gets one-on-one. And we remember that, boy, the beginning of it was kind of hardcore, right? The beginning of it was, you know, you dirty sinner. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of really the way it comes off. And it's true, really, right? I mean, we... When we come to the point of understanding our depravity, when we come to the point of understanding our sin nature, and like I said several times last week, we bring nothing to the party except for our sin, right? And then those two words in the middle, right? But God, right? Which is the name of our lesson last week, but God, and and the reality of who he is and his amazing grace and, and all. And so it switches gears a little bit in chapter 3. 
And Paul at the beginning, and I'm not going to read all of chapter 3 today. I'm actually going to focus just on the the bottom part of it, the back side of it, the last few chapters there. Uh, But Paul does kind of a little bit of a recap, and then he's going to pray. And it's interesting because uh, this is the big transition. This week we're making the big transition because if you remember when I first started the series, 1, 2, and 3, chapter 1, 2, and 3 is kind of doctrine. It's kind of the theology of it and all that. Well, 4, 5, and 6, we're going to get into practical. How do we put it into real life? We're going to talk about wives and husbands. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about unity. We're going to, have, we're going to take these concepts and now put them into practical life, which is kind of cool. So we get to the end of chapter 3, and there's this transition of prayer. Prayer. Um, prayer. What, what happens to you when you hear that word? Like, if I right now grabbed one of you guys and said, okay, here we go, right in front of everybody who's, you know, go, go, pray. Right? For some of us, we would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not, you know, um, prayer is kind of this interesting thing, and some of us get all kinds of pictures. You ever been in a prayer circle? Right? Like we do the prayer circle thing, and inevitably, if you're in the prayer circle, the one guy on this side decides that he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's cutting the, you know, the circulation off in your hand, and the person over here is the dead fish, that you're like, you know, get some life, hold my hand here, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Or, or you get sweaty hand guy. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, and so it's funny because when we think about prayer, it's this ongoing, um, I think a struggle. You know, it, it, it really is. And then you'll get into a group, a small group, whether it be like this or another small group. And, um, <laughs> and you'll have that person that, you know, when they pray, holy cow, like, what are they, Moses' little brother? I mean, like they're, like they're <laughs> quoting scripture, right? You know what I mean? And they're, and they're like, oh God, we, I'm, I'm the head and not the tail. And the, you know, and they're pulling out all these things and all that kind of stuff. And then if you're competitive, like, I might be a little bit competitive. Um, if you're slightly competitive like me, you get into a situation like that. And, and, and maybe this is me. And look, I say this to you time, all the time, church. Confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. If this makes you think less of me, hey, that's okay. Do what you got to do. But, but you know, sometimes when you're in a group and somebody puts out this big prayer and you know that like it's your turn is coming or you feel like, you know, it's going around the circle. You're doing the squeeze hand prayer where it's next person, whatever kind of deal. Like there's something that wells up inside of you to like, I got to try to, you know, do that better, you know, kind of thing. And so, you know, then, then you start trying to pull things out. And in that moment, some of the weirdest things can come out of your mouth. Yes. You've been there. Right. Kayla's been there, obviously. Right. Like, 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 you know, like, you know, one of, one of God's names is, is, um, he's Jehovah Nisi. Right. But you start to pray and you're like, Oh, great Jehovah Nissan. You know, um, you're, you're so good, good to the last drop and your word, it it melts in my mouth and out of my hand. Like, you know, I mean, just right. The strangest, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so it's interesting, you know, that, that in prayer, we kind of struggle with this thing. And and I want to talk a little bit about prayer today. And I want to help you a little bit with your prayers today. I want to give you a couple of things that I think we can pull out of this section um, in Ephesians 3 that I think is really practical and uh, and really simple. And so let me give you first two big mistakes that I think we make when we pray. Okay, two, two, two big mistakes that we pray. Number one, I think our prayers are too small. I think our prayers are too small. You know, I think sometimes that we just, we undershoot 
a great God. We undershoot who our God is. Right? I mean, he's omnipotent, all-powerful, all power is in his hand, beyond anything that we can think or imagine. I mean, we're going to read that verse in just a minute. Like, sometimes I think we understand. And then the second thing that we do is we pray too general. Right? Like, like I just said it a few minutes ago. Oh, God, please bless me. And I think sometimes God says, bless you. Have you looked around at where you live? Like, bless you? You you have air conditioning and you got a car and, you know, you get to choose. You open up a closet full of clothes and go, I have nothing to wear. I mean, right? Bless you? Like, let's talk. Like, let's get a little more specific, right? Or Or we'll say something like, Oh, God, be with me or God, be with that person to which I really think the response to be with Jesus would say, didn't I say I would always be with you to the end of time? Right. I mean, we're praying small general prayers. Does that make sense? You understand? You know, help me. Help me at work. OK, you like what does that mean? Right. What is that, What is that reality? And, and so let me say it to you this way. I don't think general prayers move God to specific action. Right? I don't think our general prayers move God to specific action. I think we have to be specific, and I think we have to not underestimate and pray small prayers. So let me give you an example of that. Martin Luther, who was the father of the Reformation, right? He, he reformed the church over 500 years ago. He had an assistant named Frederick Myconius, right? Frederick got really sick, and uh, they expected him to die. And he actually sent a farewell message to Luther to say, I'm dying, okay? Luther writes him a letter back, and here's the words. Let me read Luther's words to you. You ready? Talking about small and general prayers. See how small and general this is. He goes, I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. For this I'm praying, because I seek only to glorify the name of God, Martin Luther. You want to hear something amazing? Myconius had already started to lose his ability to speak, and the doctors were saying he had a few days left. He read this, and all of a sudden something started to change. Um, Do you know when Myconius died? Two weeks after Martin Luther. You know, a number of years later. And so the reality being is, is, man, that we would pray not small, And not general prayers, but that we would pray focused prayers. So what I want us to see today and learn from Paul is that Paul actually had kind of a pattern that he used when he prayed. Okay, And I'm going to show you four different scriptures. Two of them are in Ephesians. Okay, Um, And so if you remember at the end of chapter 1 there was a prayer. And then now here at the end of chapter 3 there's a prayer. Both of these prayers have this format. And this is the format. You ready? It's this simple. I pray... Blah, 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 so that, blah, 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 blah. Okay? I pray, and here's my specific prayer, and here's why I'm praying it. And I started thinking through it, and I want to show you how important I think it is and how that might completely change your prayer life, adding uh, what is the title of today's lesson, so that. So that. Okay, so that that's what I want to title. Let me show it to you. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And it says this, look, and I pray this, that your love may abound even more and more in the knowledge and every kind of insight. What does it say? So that. So that 
you can decide what is best. And he goes on and tells why, right? Look at Colossians. Here, here Paul's going to do it again. I ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that, right? So that you may live worthy of the Lord and please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good deed. So not only does he say, here's what I'm praying, but here's why I'm praying it. Here's what I'm praying and here's why. And, and, and there's just something really powerful. And I think you're going to grasp that more and more as kind of we talk through that today. But let me show you in Ephesians 1. I told you it was in Ephesians. So I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in your growing knowledge of him since the eyes and, and, and it, of him have been enlightened. Go ahead. So that you may know what the hope of his calling is, what the wealth of his glory is. You see, you see the pattern? He does, Paul does this four times and he does it again in what we're going to study as we walk through this today at the end of, of, of Ephesians 3. So I want to I want to keep that in your mind, but we're going to jump down in Ephesians 3 to verse 14. And I and I want to and I want to walk through. This is Paul's prayer and remember, he's kind of ending the first part of the letter and transitioning into now practical, right? This is kind of the end. And this is what he prays. For this reason I kneel before the Father. I want to stop there. It's so important for us to catch um, why does Paul feel it necessary to tell us he's kneeling? Right? And here's why. In that time period, when they prayed, what was customary for them is they actually stood with palms up. That was how they would normally pray. But what I want to say to you today is when you pray, I want you to consider your posture. Right? I think the way you posture yourself, your physical, right? We say it in our communication with people. Uh, 90% of communication is what? Body language. Right? It's body language. How about with God? I mean, think about it. If you're all laid back on the couch, you know, well, God, what's up? I mean, I mean, right? And so I want you to think about like this idea. And so when he says, I'm kneeling before the Father, there's a picture there that he's trying to paint. Like, man, this is me on my knees, on my face, surrender, begging. You know, I'm, I'm pleading to God, right? Sometimes we need to stand because it's more of a worship, exalting who he is, adoration, right, type of thing. But he says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family uh, in heaven and on earth derives its name. Wow, the, the posture there. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? Power. Power. May strengthen you with power. I need you to catch that word and grab a hold of that word. Because what Paul's trying to say to you is, you got power available to you. Right? You, You have all power. And it's, I pray that out of his glorious riches. Let me ask you, how rich is God? (laughs) Like, does God ever bounce a check? No, right? Out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Look at it. Here's the word. So that, right? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, right? I mean, praise to God. He blesses us with all things through the heavenly realms. Glorious riches. I mean, these are amazing tools that are at our disposal when we stop and realize you you have power. Like, grab that for just a second. Anybody ever moved into a house? I know when we moved into our new house, um, there were three switches up by the front door, three light switches up by the front door. And this one turned on the porch, and this one turned on the light right there inside the door. The third one didn't do anything. Right? Like, 
You know what I'm talking about? Right? And, and then months later, you're trying to figure why over here on this wall, that electrical outlet doesn't work. You know what I'm talking about? This is exactly what happens, right? Yes, that's exactly what happens. And so all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to have to change this out, rewire and all this sort of stuff. And then somebody all of a sudden one day goes, click, and the lights come on. And you know what? How many of us haven't turned the light switch on? The power is there. The power is available. If you've accepted Jesus, we read it in the first two chapters. He's deposited his Holy Spirit inside of you. That's power, right? And yet we just hadn't flipped the switch. The power's there. We just haven't really kind of claimed it, if you will. It says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have, there's the word again, power, together with all the Lord's holy people, To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. A love, catch this, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Catch those words. It surpasses knowledge. That means you can't know it. That means it requires the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. You can't know it just on your own. This is why so many of us, have have sort of come to church and done kind of the whole, I'm just going to try to be a good person and do the right thing, right? I'm just going to be a good soldier and try to perform and make, you know, and, and try, maybe God will be happy with me if I show up for Sunday school every Sunday, you know, or maybe if I sing on the praise team that God will bless us, bless our, you know, this, when we're not understanding that the reality is that the power is inside of you, the, 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 the switch has to be flipped, Right? And, and it is actually through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. It is by saying, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the love of who my God is. Like, like it, it, we are required, and so many of us spend so little time interacting with the Holy Spirit. We pray to God the Father, right? We pray to Jesus, but how often do we talk to the Holy Spirit when he's the one that is our guide and our counsel every day, Right? He's the one every day when you're at work trying to figure out, you know, Brandon's trying to put together a helicopter and going, what the heck, you know, is this? Like, to stop in that moment and say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom here. Holy Spirit, reveal something. I did it the other day. I lost something. I do this. I've done this now for years. Somebody said it, and then I did it, and now, but I couldn't find something in the house. I'm getting old, and it's like that now, you know? And and I uh, couldn't find something, and I just said, Holy Spirit, you know exactly where this is. Would Would you lead me there? And I walked over and went, there. I mean, you know, that, that power is available to every one of us and that we would know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness. Hmm. One of the best prayers that you can pray for your kids is to pray that they would know that they would have a revelation of the love that God has for them. You know what? You don't need to build up their self-esteem if they knew who they are to God, right? You, you, you don't have to like, you know, buy them stuff to make them feel better and buy them the right clothes and shoes, and right? We don't have to do the cool thing to please and perform if we know who our God is, right? If we have this understanding um, and, and, and you can't know God's love naturally, it's supernaturally revealed. 
It's kind of like uh, Louis Armstrong, so it's kind of fun sitting here with some of the band to, to tell you this. Somebody said to Louis Armstrong, uh, which is the great jazz trumpet player, if you know Louis, right? Said to Louis, um, can you explain jazz? And Louis like, looked at him and without even a hesitation said, if you have to explain jazz, you don't get it. Right? And so much is true of that when it comes to God. Like, there's so much about God that we can't explain because we're finite, right? In our finite mind. And it, it's, it's just bigger than us. And we have to understand that there's truth, there's God's word, but there's a spirit for us to interact with. True worshipers worship me in spirit and truth, right? It's, it's both in that scenario. And, um, this, this love that passes, surpasses our knowledge, we, we've got to understand something. Love isn't what God does. Love is who God is. Like, he is love, right? We, we cannot comprehend the fullness of this love until we're immersed into it. So let me throw two ideas together maybe you've never thought about before. That word immersed, to be immersed in God's love, and his love is revealed through the Holy Spirit. So that would be something we might call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right? We have this picture in our head of those of you who have some kind of Pentecostal experience background. Baptism of the Holy Spirit's gonna be people falling out and, you know, running the aisles and all this kind of stuff. All that word baptism means is to be immersed. Right? And to be immersed. So, to be immersed, like right now we can say, Holy Spirit, immerse me, baptize me, Holy Spirit. Right? Again, fill me new that I might have revelation and understanding of who you are. Open my eyes to understand. Um, you know, I, so many people struggle with lack of purpose, and it's lack of revelation. It's lack of understanding of this love of, of who God is. And, and, and so many of us are praying in a way that is so small and general. Like, you know, God, um, if you just keep my kids off drugs, Right? Like, 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 if I could just pay the bills, if, if we could just, my marriage would just survive. Like these are kind of, and I want you to think about the comparison of who God is and this power and this revelation of who he is and power and love as compared to, well, just keep my kids off drugs as a, as a prayer. That's, that's too small. That's too general. That's, that's not us understanding who our God is and what is available to us. Verse 20. Now to him, here it comes. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. It cannot be measured. You can't find a tank enough, deep enough to measure it in. You can't find a tape measure long enough to measure it. There's, it's immeasurable, right? It is, he can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. I got a pretty good imagination. Anybody else? Right? I, I mean, like, you ask me, all right, Pastor Mike, no holes barred. Like, what do you want? Oh, I can get a little fun with that one, right? Like, I can get a little, I can get a little fun with, with all kinds of ideas. Or, like, I got this picture in my head right now of this yacht, you know, like that has a helicopter that lands on the back of it. And I mean, like, we can get, and, and what I need you to hear in this verse, there's nothing that you and I can imagine that God doesn't think more of that situation than we do. Immeasurably more than we think or imagine. According to his, there's the word again, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
So I want to say this to you as, I, as I'm kind of closing this, this teaching out. And, um, and, and I want to talk to you about this concept of so that. Right? This concept of so that. Because I think that's where we're lacking power and where we're staying small in our prayers, if that makes sense. Okay? So, so I want you to think about that, that when we pray a so that prayer, we're kind of tapping into power because we're defining why we're praying it. Okay? So in other words, we'll pray something like, I'll, I'll kind of pick on the camps are sitting here with me and Alana's sitting here. So, you know, Kayla might be driving to the field and say, oh God, would you please let Alana score a goal today? Okay, so add a so that to that. So that what? And, and, and when you stop and do it that way, you go, you go, wait a minute. Why, why, why am I praying this prayer? Is this, does this prayer, is it small? Well, when you put a so that at the back of it, like, what, so that she can high five her friends and look cool for a few minutes? I mean, Right, you know, you understand what I mean? Like, you, you actually, when you put that so that to a back of a prayer, you, it actually can kind of change the whole concept of why you're doing. And then I think so that prayers, they also check your motive. Like, why, why am I praying this prayer? And so I want to challenge you. I've been doing this now for the last couple of weeks while I was praying this. I have been trying to say so that in every one of my prayers. And I want to challenge each of you. I want to challenge you at home. To put, to pray so that prayers. So here's what I'm asking God. So that. And, and, and you'll know by your so that whether it really has power. What the motive is. What we're trying to do. Cause if you notice in all of Paul's, Paul's prayers, somewhere in there it had to do with God being glorified. Right? It was, it was for his glory. It was for his purposes. Right? And so maybe we can say, I want her to score a goal today. Because I want her to show what it means to win gracefully and bring glory to you. All right, well, now that's a little bit different, right? That's a little bit different prayer. So that, so that. So that's that's my big challenge that I really want us to take out of Ephesians 3, is that we understand the, the power that is available to us. That, that, that what we have, and, and, and man, let's stop praying small prayers. Let's stop praying general prayers. Let's start getting specific, all right? No, don't just help me at work. I, I, let's define, what does that look like? We hear in sales, okay, I'd like this many sales today, God, before lunch. You know, so that. Why? Just so you can make a dollar? Or in some way, is that because you're motivated to bring glory to him and what you do? And, and boy, you start talking to God all day long, and you so that. Do you see how that could change? You know, everything in, in, the, in the, your motive and your why and everything else. So I want to I wanna really challenge you in that today. And if you're watching at home, I, I really want to challenge you because there may be some of you going, well, gosh, you're talking about prayer and you're, you're talking about this. And I've, I've never really talked to God and I, I feel kind of far from God. And I just want to say this to you that, that God is not far from you at all. Um, as a matter of fact, every time in my life that I've tried to run or walk away from him and who he is, um, I finally figured out if I turned around, he was just standing right there. Like he's, he's always waiting. He never walks away. He is always pursuing us. And so maybe today your first prayer is to pray and say, Jesus, would you come in and be Lord of my life? And, and I, I challenge you to do that today. But for the rest of us, those of you who know God, I want to challenge you to consider your prayer life. I want to, I want to challenge you to consider what it means to have so that in every one of your prayer, so that we can Check our motive so that we can make sure that what we're doing and our motives, but also 
the, the glory of God is really our ultimate goal. I mean, the reason you exist, the reason I exist, is to bring glory to God. Right? God bless Church of the Lakes and all that we put our hand to so that you might be lifted up in our community. So that people might come to know who you are in your name. God bless this worship team so that they can lead people into your presence and people might come to know who you are. God bless my kids with the ability to deal with the pressures of school so that they can grow and develop in who you've called them to be and fulfill their destiny. You see the so that prayers? And so I want to pray that for you today. And, and we're actually going to do something kind of, kind of cool and different because we're going to do communion now. And, and I want to in, encourage you, um, why are we doing communion? And, and the reason Jesus said, do this and remember it. So we're going to do this so that we take time to remember who he is what he's done for us, right? It's, it's vision. How many times have we read the, the uh, verse in Proverbs that says, where the people don't have vision, um, they stumble all over themselves, right? Or they pair. So, so that prayers and so that thinking is just really about vision and, and, and having that understanding of who he is. So let's, let's do this now. I'm going to pray um, and ask that God would speak to each one of you individually on what we've, what we've prayed today. And then, uh, and then we're going to take a few minutes and just do communion. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this opportunity to get together today and, and to understand a little bit more about you. Would you help us, God, to step out of small and general prayers and begin to pray so that prayers that bring you glory and honor and, and lift you up? Sometimes, God, I think we undercut you in what we ask. Um, we ask for something like traveling mercies, and you go, I already got that. I got you covered. What do you want to accomplish on this trip? Right? And so God, would you would you help us to understand that right where we are in each one of us now? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And and right now we're gonna step into a time of doing communion. And so if you want to take a moment right now and go grab a uh, a cracker or some juice or something to do communion with us, that would be amazing. You can go now. We're gonna put some pictures on the screen just to to help you right now as we take time to remember who he is and what he's done for us. And uh, so as you're grabbing something right now, I just want to remind you of the scene. You know, they're, they're sitting around and it's a dinner type of scene that they're sitting in. And Jesus grabs a, a loaf of bread. He pulls off a piece and, and he says to him, he says, uh, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. I want you to eat this to remember my body. What a strange moment for the disciples because they don't understand his body because he hasn't died yet like he's he's alluded to it he's talked about it but he hasn't actually been to the cross yet and and it will be later and we now have 2000 years of history later to be able to remember what it looked like for him to be bruised and broken for us um for his him to be beaten to the point where he was not even distinguishable anymore you, you couldn't tell who he was and did all this for for us and so um, if you've got something now, if you would take the cracker or take the bread and receive it now, eat it now, take a moment to remember his broken body that was given for you for the forgiveness of your sins. In that same scene, it says that after dinner, they'd finished dinner, he grabs a cup of wine and he says, do this in remembrance of me, drink this cup. And, and, and remember my blood that was poured out for you. And, 
And um, if you don't understand that, that may sound like a weird concept, but really blood is life. Even today, um, you know, we give blood, especially in a, a time like this with a pandemic, we give blood because it is life. It is the lifeblood of someone. It is what gives and takes life away. And so it's representative of the reality that, that at a time period in the Old Testament, there used to be a sacrifice of blood, but Jesus became our sacrifice. And now we are covered by his blood. So as you drink of the cup, would you remember his blood that was shed for you, um, that dripped down the cross um, as he took your punishment and gave you life and allowed us now to live a John 10, 10 life, that you might have life and life to the full. So drink your cup now and remember all that he has done for us. Father, we thank you. We praise you, give you honor for who you are and all that you've done in our life. Uh, as we take a moment now to just worship you again, um, that we would find ourselves in your presence and your Holy Spirit present here with us. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.
So God, in this moment, every fear that we have, God, we just ask you to take it away. Whether it's a mental block, whether it's us growing up in a certain situation, God, we just ask you to take the fear away. God, we just ask you to take the fear away so that we will be effective in ministering to the people that you have called us to minister to. So God, every excuse, we lay it at your feet. And God, we switch on the power that is within us. So God, take this worship. May it be pleasing to your ear. God, that it makes you smile. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 